Hi there, welcome back uh, to Isle Seats. I'm Turmoil Fockbone, and I'll be your host as we review the reviews here on Isle Seats, the um, number three podcast about Siskel and Ebert at the movies on the West Coast of Canada. This week on Isle Seats, uh, we'll be reviewing Siskel and Ebert's uh, 1996 reviews of 12 Monkeys, Dust Till Dawn, and I for an I. George Clooney from TV's ER and Quentin Tarantino play a couple of murderous thieves who are in for the fight of their lives down Mexico way from dusk till dawn. So, uh, as you can tell, um, this uh, episode comes very early in the filmic career of George Clooney. Um, it's interesting to think um, that once upon a time, um, you know, uh, there's an alternate universe out there where uh, Shania Twain is like, oh, you're George Clooney? That don't impress me much. I'm Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Topsoil Tumbleweed of the North Shore Penny Saver. So the first movie Gene and Roger uh, watch and review is From Dusk to Dawn, uh, an early collaboration between Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, who would both go on to to have kind of divergent careers, maybe. Um, You know, Rodriguez... um, kind of keeps making really interesting movies and, and Tarantino kind of does his thing and I don't know have they I don't really pay attention so I I don't know I just spy kids Tarantino has no spy kids in his repertoire uh, therefore in my estimation uh, Rodriguez wins Little known fact, uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez would follow up their success on From Dusk Till Dawn with uh, the sequel a couple years later uh, from Justin to Kelly. So um, what's great here is that they basically um, have the same take on the movie. Uh, which is that they both really like the characters and um, both like a lot of what the movie does, but think that it, it kind of goes, you know, just into uh, predictable fare in the second half of the movie. Um, Roger gives it thumbs up and Gene gives it thumbs down. And 
you know, this is this is kind of where they differ, um, and that they are like extremely similar uh, critics. They both come from very similar places, but they they have these nuanced takes, um, and and that does make for for quite interesting uh, TV. Next up is uh, the 1996 film Eye for an Eye starring Sally Field with Kiefer Sutherland and uh, I want to say Ed Harris. Gene describes it as uh, a female version of the Charles Bronson movie Death Wish. Um, however, as you've heard, um, everybody is incredibly let down by the shallowness of this movie. They had a real opportunity to, um, you know, put some thoughtfulness into it, and they just wanted to make, uh, you know, another Sally Field action movie. here um i'm told uh, that we have um a live breaking news we're going to go to our uh roving reporter uh trampoline thimble swap uh, who is is live and on the street right now uh can you hear me uh trimble lord thanks trapdoor i'm outside the rolls royce dealership uh, on the corner of Berard and 6th, 5th, down by the Cineplex here. Um, and, and we're taking a look at, uh, at what the movies are. And uh, I, I just want to uh, take a moment to appreciate all of the, the technical expertise that went into making this live hit happen. The very first live hit here on Isle Seats. I'm glad to be the roving reporter for Isle Seats. Uh, I'm Barterhouse Brigwell, and uh, glad to be part of the Isle Seeds team. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm outside the Rolls Royce uh, dealership. Uh, apparently, a big sale on right now on luxury cars. Big sale, big sale. Um, uh, let's see uh, the movies now. That's what we're all here for, cinema lovers. Uh, the movies. Uh, I can't quite 
can't quite make it out. Uh, it's dark. Um, but uh, I, I've been assured there are movies playing at the Cineplex. All right, this has been a live hit here on Aisle Seats. My name is uh, Barksdale Boomerman, and uh, now return you to Trapdoor Thumbleweed. Thank you, uh, Bruno Bumbleboots. Uh, our next movie today is um, Brad Pitt in a role that uh, seems to have been written for Brad Dourif, uh, 12 Monkeys. Bruce Willis plays a prisoner in a future world where human life has almost been wiped out by a plague, and he is urged, in fact almost ordered, to volunteer for a journey in time to discover the origins of the deadly virus. Anyone who has seen Terry Gilliam's 1985 film Brazil will recognize some of the elements of 12 Monkeys, especially the totalitarian future bureaucracy and the enormous sets, which all seem rusty and shabby and leaky. The future in his movies always needs a coat of paint. With Rob Brazil often... Both uh, Gene and Roger um, admit that they saw the film twice. 12 Monkeys uh, twice. They saw it twice. That's 24 Monkeys, uh, 48 Monkeys altogether because Gene saw it twice, Roger saw it twice, 12 plus 12 plus 12 plus 12, 48, 48 Monkeys. Described with Brazil and, uh, I, and I thought, oh, not this again, not the depressing future again. I, why in futuristic movies is it always a depressing future? Uh, uh, anyone, uh, anyone want to answer Gene on this one? So, the main thing, uh, the main takeaway from the Siskel and Ebert review of 12 Monkeys is that, um, they both had to see it twice to fully appreciate it. Gene goes so far as to say that he felt, quote, rough, unquote, about it. Rough. Um, I can't think of another movie, um, that I would sum up with a single word, uh, rough, um, maybe, you know, I, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna, not, uh, Benji, 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 go home, rough, cop and a half, rough, um, uh, pup star, rough, um, you know, Milo and Otis, rough, so, none of those movies I've seen twice. Uh, Twelve Monkeys I haven't seen twice, and maybe that's why I I really I don't have an opinion of it. I, not a single, not a single opinion. Um, but it, it kind of raises the question of, you know, if you have to see a movie twice in order to, you know, get it or recommend it, um, is that does that mean the movie worked, or does that mean the movie failed? I don't know. They don't seem interested in exploring that, and neither of them are returning my calls. I'm Trumbo Thumpington, and this is Isle Seats on the Hot Dog Code Podcast Network. I thank you for listening. Uh, more coming up. Bye. Okay, coming up next, Sandra Bullock and Dennis Leary are inept art thieves in the romantic comedy Two Is By Sea. Bullock. Sandra Bullock. So, Two If By Sea is kind of a forgotten 
uh, neo-noir, pre-Soderbergh, neo-noir, uh, romantic comedy um, that kind of combines, uh, you know, two characters who uh, both wish uh, they were doing something else in a different movie. Um, it's a little bit of a road trip. It's a little bit Home Alone. It's a little bit When Harry Met Sally. There's a little bit of uh, The Great Outdoors. There's um, Dan Aykroyd's presence is felt but not seen. And uh, here's, here's what, you know, here's how Gene says Sandra Bullock. He says Bullock. Uh, Roger says Bullock. I say, I just call her Sandra because we're, we're close. We're close like that. Painting or frankly to her love affair. Not a bad film, just a trifle. No, I think it's a bad film. Uh, and I think that one of the problems is they really fell in love with dialogue that nobody yeah. should have really fallen in love with. There was too much. Uh, probably nobody remembers uh, To If By Sea um, for its true historical place, which is uh, the first Sandra Block movie uh, to employ the phrase talk to the hand. Uh, the first recorded incident of Sandra Bullock using the phrase talk to the hand, which would, of course, later become her catchphrase in such movies as talk to the hand and talk to the hand Two. everyone's coming to hand talk to the hand. I'm uh, Tumbleweed Bomber Diane, and this is Aisle Seats. Well, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Menace to South. There's something surreal about watching this ancient uh, video of Gene Siskel, Roger Ebert reviewing Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Um, and yet, you know, I'm like, oh, you know. Really, like, there's so clearly not the, you know, intended audience for this movie. And yet, Roger, I don't know, I mean, maybe he, he, he has something to say still. After it was over, though, it left me feeling kind of sad and empty because the movies it satirizes were trying to say something serious, and this movie undermines and ridicules their message. Gene is having none of it, though. He's, he says, uh, Roger... Get off your high horse. You just admit you had a good time. You enjoyed the, the jokes. They were cheap laughs. And just admit you, you had a good time. Quit, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, do this thing that is beside the point when just, you did you enjoy the movie? Then fine. Then you enjoyed the movie. I had a good time. You know, you're saying, the picture. Here's what that well made. Oh, come on, it Roger. It didn't continue to build after it, a, a it is as well made as it, and here's this, another it's well made. Wait a second. It's satirizing good movies. That's right. And the films like Airplane and Hot Shots are satirizing yeah. bad movies. Okay, but are you saying, think about this, just a, a high principle now okay. we're discussing. Okay. Are you saying that there are subjects that are off limits for satire? High minded pictures are off limits for satire? No, I'm not saying that at all. It sounds like. Just a, a taste of the primo bickering uh, going on uh, towards the end of this episode, which, you know, we really had to sit through a lot of, you know, really, frankly, 
um, dull commentary on uh, dull movies like 12 Monkeys and whatever, uh, and then they get into it in the third reel, they finally get after each other and, and really tear into one another uh, over Don't Be a Menace. So that's what you get, Siskel and Ebert. This is what we're here for. Um, this is this is it. Uh, mm, yes. It's not. If it's not funny, then it is the essence. But you said it was funny. You've got to rethink your thoughts on No, I said there were some things in it that gave me big Oh God, you guys. Uh, this is thump thump bump bump. Dinkle punk, and I am I am almost out of time here for this week's aisle seats. Uh, we've gone way over budget for this episode, way over time, and I don't know what else we can say. Two thumbs down, way down for eye for an eye, the exploitive Death Wish clone with Sally Field. And uh, and with that, uh, we bid you a fond farewell, a fond adieu, as Deerhoof would say. Uh, we fait adieu. Um, this has been Isle Seats with your host, Turkington Bomblethomp. And a big shout-out to all of our sponsors today, who I um, have been told by our legal department I must refrain from mentioning by name. Um, but I assure you, we appreciate all the same. Um, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be back on a regular schedule now. Uh, things are back to normal. So we will we will be back on a regular schedule here on the Hot Dog Code Network aisle seats. Dig it. I'm sure we'll have it. That's it for this week. Next week we'll be back with reviews of more new movies, including Bed of Roses, starring Kristen Slater and Mary Stuart Masterson as strangers who fall in love. And also Screamers, starring Peter Weller in a weird war against machines on another planet. That's next week, and until then... The balcony is closed.